It's definitely, like, I feel like just kind of the theme that's been going all along tonight, just to pass it again, definitely God's been good. Amen. Amen. You know, we've, we've talked about, through the different psalms, I would say that, you know, God is able, God can do things, God has that power, and he's also good, too. Amen. And, Amen. and I really just think that this kind of just what we've been going through, like, as the service, what kind of themes have been going around, I just think really go with this message tonight. And uh, I'm just thankful that, you know, my God can. He can do Amen. so many great things. He has, Amen. you know, so much power, you know. Even though I don't even know, personally, my test, because my left leg has to be as strong as my right leg, I personally don't know if I'll pass it to say that I have the automatic clearance to start getting in the running and jumping or if I have to wait longer. But it doesn't really matter what I personally think or what the logic says. It's just matter if this is God's timing or not, because God will do whatever, you know, he wants with it. If we believe that, you know, he can and he's able to. And I do believe that. Amen. And uh, starting in Philippians uh, 4, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Yeah. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Amen. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do in the peace of God and the God, my bad, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. 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 Uh, next, I just want to take it in the prayer tonight. Uh, Lord, just thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, just thank you for the opportunity, another opportunity for me to preach. Lord, just, Lord, just get me out of the way. Help me the you know, just put me under the option of the Holy Spirit. Just help me to follow your guidance. Help me to follow your way, Lord. And just thank you, Lord, for the testimonies already tonight, Lord. And just, Lord, just keep working in the service. And just use me, use your servant, Lord, just to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I kind of have a page flip on verse 7. So it might, So I might give my verse 7 a little messed up because it's just like right in the middle of the verse but uh so starting out with philippians 4 uh verse 4 if we think about this you know paul was writing this the state where paul was writing this is paul was writing this in a prison yeah and you know the first thing that we see in this passage right here starting in verse 4 is he tells the church of philippi to rejoice. And I think one thing that Paul makes clearly here is that despite our circumstances, we can have joy. Amen. Amen. 
And because, you know, Paul was in the prison and Roman prisons weren't nice. They weren't a nice place to be. They aren't like today's prisons where they're actually a lot more nicer than what they were. He probably could have very well been in, you know, it would have been a sad and depressing place for most people. And think about this. It would have been a very dark place just because there was not much lighting that came into the Roman prisons. And Paul is saying, telling other people to rejoice. And here's the thing. Paul had joy in his life when he was writing this. He was able to have joy and he's telling the church to rejoice. And how could a man have joy in a Roman prison? You might ask. But you see exactly where he found his joy from. He tells them rejoice and he tells them in the Lord. Because he found his ability to rejoice and his joy in the Lord. And here's the other thing that we should look out that stand that should stand out to us is that he says rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. Amen. So think about this. He's saying that this is a state of that our mind can be in all the time. Amen. That it's not just, you know, it's not just a quick pleasure. Oh, yeah, one thing goes right, one thing goes good. It's all the time. Yeah. It's a state of mind that we can be in. Paul had joy in Jesus Christ in the whole, in that time when he was in the prison. He was able to have joy throughout it. And he's reminding them, you know, you can have joy in what you're going through, yeah. even all those circumstances that you're going through. Maybe yeah. it's been, you know, not very difficult for you, or maybe it has been. You can still have joy in those, you can have joy in those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter about how, you know, difficult or how easy it feels. You can still be able to have joy. And he gives them a reminder and he says, and again, I say rejoice. Amen. Yeah. Think about it. Usually when something gets repeated twice, especially in the same verse, that is usually something important to take note of. And so he tells them rejoice once and he has to give them the reminder again. Rejoice. Because it's going to happen because, you know, there's so much in this world that does try to steal our joy and make us not want to rejoice. You know, it may be those circumstances that start to get to us and all those things that start to make us think, Oh yeah, we can't have joy. Yeah. But that's not the truth because you know we can have joy always. Yeah. Come on. And and the other thing that he makes it clear is where our joy is found in matters too. Yeah. Or where we try to find joy, I should say. Because I don't think you can find true joy in this world. You may find like yeah. some sort of, you know, almost I would say a false joy that to the point where it's it's not going to last forever. It's not going to be a state of always. You may find just it for like not a real biblical joy, but a, like a happiness, I should say, right. instead of a joy, because a joy is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and think about it. We have so much to be joyful about in Jesus. We have so much to rejoice yeah. about in Jesus. Just think about our testimonies that we've shared tonight. God's been good. It's been yeah. one of the songs that's been sung, right? And so since God's been good, think about how much he's been good for. He's been good for all these different things. Right. Because think about it. One thing we can definitely have our joy in, if we are saved tonight, 
And that means that we have confessed our sins to Jesus Christ and we believe that he's the way and truth and life. If we believe that he's that way, that truth and life, and he died for our sins and rose again, if we believe that, we can have joy in that tonight. Along with the other things that God's done for us in our lives since we've been saved or what he's kept us from, all those things that we can have joy in. And... And if we just think about it, these are all the things. It's just, we got to have that reminder. Sometimes, you know, sure, we might be rejoicing at one point, And then, you know, some circumstances start to happen. We have to look back and remember, we should still be rejoicing because Paul had to remind it twice because that's just how quick you can lose that rejoicing mindset. And then the next thing he tells them is, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Yeah. Uh, this is out of this one. This was probably a little bit more difficult when I was studying it, just because the word moderation was in there, and I had to figure out what that meant exactly. And and one of the things is when I was really just looking at this and things like that, what, what I feel like it leads is, you know, it's, we need to let the world know about Jesus Christ. Uh, I think we should be willing, it, it's, you know, because he tells us all men, so it shouldn't be something that's just in the church, but it should be something that's, you know, being told to everyone. And, you know, we have to let, you know, I personally believe what, because moderation, if it's, they basically call it like, in worldly terms, it'd be like behavior avoidance and either like political opinions, right? That's what they say moderation is. But it's saying, let it be known. So it's telling us, you know, the tell, we need to be telling people about Jesus. And... But the other thing is, when we let it be known to everyone, is we have to be reasonable, fair-minded. Because the other thing when I was looking at uh, moderation, when I looked it up in the, that's just like the dictionary definition, but when I looked it up in the, uh, in a concordance and stuff, it, you know, one of the things that came up was reasonable, fair-minded, and charitable about it. And uh, so the, we do have to be reasonable with, you know, everyone. We have to be fair-minded to everyone. We have to be charitable to them. And one of the things with being charitable is telling them about Jesus. But we also have to be, you know, wise about it because, you know, there's some people that, you know, when they try to witness the, like, you know, different family members, they take it too far and almost push it down their throats to the point they don't want to hear it again. It's definitely, we have to be reasonable and we have to be fair-minded, but we also have to be charitable. And that means we have to be loving about it. And... You know, and the reminder that he gives in that verse is we got to let it be known, but also the Lord is at hand. Yeah. Amen. Because yeah. if you think about it, yeah. we also don't know how much longer because the Lord is at hand means, you know, it could happen any time, but it may not happen soon. It may happen soon. We don't really know exactly the time, but it does mean that we have to be telling others and we have yeah. to be doing that. That is something that as Christians, we are called to do. We have to be 
open, open Christian. We have to be willing to tell and share our testimony. And then, the, then we get to the next verse, which tells us, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Yes. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Uh, the first part, this uh, be careful for nothing, you know, this, this part right here, just looking at that, is, you know, the careful doesn't mean be careful for nothing. So basically this careful here means like, don't be anxious, don't be worried about things. It doesn't mean, you know, go be wild, go jump off cliffs, like no nerves, have no nerves, just do all these crazy things. Be, and like jump off, basically, yeah, jump off cliff would be a good one. It doesn't mean, that's not what it means right there. But it means we don't need to be worrying about things. We don't need to be over worrying and panicking over everything. Because there's a reason why we don't have to. But because you think about it, it's, it gets a little bit better. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And you think about that right there. Let your request be made known unto God. God hears our prayer. Amen. Amen. That's right. Think about it. If we're making our request known to God, that means God is listening to our prayers Amen. while we're giving them to Him. Amen. And that's why, you know, it's a natural human thing to be anxious, to be worried, to panic about things. That's the natural human reaction. Right. And... It's telling us right there, we don't need to be like that because we got a God that will listen to our prayer and our supplication. That's right. Amen. And here's the other thing we got to think about with this is, you know, it just doesn't say, you know, bring prayer and supplication to him. But there's another thing that we have to bring. And that's we have to bring our thanksgiving to him. Yeah. You know, I think so often in our prayer, you know, we get, you know, if we start off with prayer and supplication, right, when we're praying, we get so focused in that part that we forget the Thanksgiving part. Yeah. And we have to remember that, that when we do our prayer and we do our supplication to the Lord, when we give those requests to him, we also do need to bring our Thanksgiving to him. And... Also, the other thing is when we do bring everything by prayer and supplication, when we do, we have to leave it with him. We can't try to, you know, take it back and take it and do it on our own, but we have to leave it with him. That's good. Amen. And, and whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever we're going through, whether it be a meeting, a test or whatever else is going on, there's nothing, we don't have to be worrying about it, but you got to think about it. Just like a few verses before, we should still be rejoicing, even despite all that. And one of the things I do think is really important with uh, supplication, I would say, is that, you know, I think personally, since, you know, the church is a body, right? We should care about the other members in the body, right? So we should care about the other members. So we should be also taking their supplication to the Lord also. Amen. And, 
that's one thing we should do. But the other thing that I personally think, uh, you know, I heard, of, uh, I think a few months ago, I think it was uh, from Josh Sorrell, I think I heard it. And he, here's something that he said is that, so when we bring a prayer to the church, right? Have we already prayed about it yet? And we, you know, we bring it to the church and ask them to pray for it. Have we actually prayed about it yet? And I think this is one of the things that the verse does tell us is we should be taking stuff to prayer too. It is perfectly all right. And we should be asking the church to pray for things too. But before we ask the church, we should pray for it ourselves. And I think it's just, you know, especially when we do give those prayers, it's to give those burdens to Jesus, leave them, and then praise and thank God for what he's done beforehand. Yes. And, then, and then we get to the next verse. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your, mind, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. And... It makes it clear right here, you know, you know, God's peace is different than what you're going to find in the world. And, you know, the world definitely does throw around the word peace a lot. Not as many as, you know, other, other words like love and joy. I think they throw those more around, but they do try to throw peace a little bit around too. And, you know, Paul makes it clear right here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is that it passes all understanding. So we aren't truly going to be able to understand it, but we are going to be able to experience it. That's right. And, you know, we may never be able to fully understand God's peace till heaven. We may never be able to fully like under have that understanding of it. Just like, you know, like we understand, we do have a, we might have a basic understanding, but we won't have that deep understanding. Just like we talk about God's love, how we understand his love, but we don't have the understanding about how great his love truly is. And we still learn that as we go through our walk, just kind of like that's how his peace works too. And, and then you really just see, you know, he makes, you know, it gets clear right here, which passive all understanding. So that tells us that how powerful his peace is too. And if it's passing all understanding, it shows that it's a powerful peace. But then the second part shows even more how powerful it is. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. And you know, that keep right there, think about it as a guard. It is going to, you know, guard our, our hearts and it's going to guard our minds through, through Christ Jesus. He also reminds us where the peace is coming from. It's not in this world, but it's through Jesus Christ. And now you realize that what is God's peace guarding us from? Because it's keeping us from, it's keeping our hearts. So it's also guarding and being that protection for us. So what is it, you know, guarding us from? And if we have God's peace in us at the time, 
you know, it does guard us from when that anxiety, you know, tries to creep in. God's peace does protect from that. It gets, it casts that anxiety out. But it also guards us from devil's infiltrations. He's still going to attack, just like you think about it when, you know, like, in war, you're guarding something or you're protecting something in sports. Like, for example, you're guarding and you're protecting something, but there's something trying to attack and trying to infiltrate. So, and think about it. God's peace does provide, you know, protection from our minds and our hearts. Because the devil wants to take our minds and get our hearts and try to get them to be put aside and get us to compromise. And if... Because that's, so if we lose that peace in our lives, then we start to become endangered of either being so greatly discouraged, or we could even, you know, think about walking away, thinking about giving up what we believe in Jesus Christ. And we could also start compromising and changing what we believe when our peace is, you know, gone. Because the devil wants to get into our minds, get into our hearts, change the way we think, and discourage us, and get us to walk away. So, think about it. God's peace does so much because it's keeping, it's that guard, it's that protection from when the devil does attack. Because the devil is going to, you know, send trials, send different things our way. But we just have, that's the reason why, one of the reasons why peace is so important. But, then we got to ask ourselves, how do we have peace like this in our life? And, you know, it makes it clear that this peace does, it's only going to come through Jesus Christ. And, you know, it comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you do have to be saved to understand, to have God's peace in your life. If you're not saved, you're not going to be able to experience God's peace. And, you know, one of the things is... Like, I definitely think about is like, you know, different, I've heard different testimonies is like when they're, I would say under conviction, right? They're not feeling peaceful, but when they get saved, they feel that peace come in. Cause I've heard that through many different testimonies. It's kind of hard, harder for me to remember since I got saved at a very young age to remember if I felt exactly that way. But, you know, I've heard it from different testimonies. That's does what happens. And, uh, and the other thing is it's going to come through Jesus Christ, you know, because also later in this passage, you know, God gets called the God of peace. I've already read that at the very end. And so we know it comes from God. And the other thing is, is it's going to, uh, the other thing is what does God's word get called? It gets called the gospel of peace. Because we see in Romans 10, 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And another time it gets called the gospel of peace in Ephesians 6, 15. And your feet uh, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So think about it right here. God's word got called peace. It gets called the gospel of peace two times in the New Testament. And I'm going to believe that, you know, God's word has peace in it. And, you know, one of the things is just like, you know, as sinners, we get convicted. We may even feel offended when the, 
when that conviction comes on us. But here's the one thing. After we repent and make Jesus the Lord of our life, we get to experience that peace. Like I said earlier in the test, and one of the things I've heard before from different people sharing that testimony. And I think the other thing is, is, you know, when we are picking up the word of God, you know, we feel conviction after we're saved. It's because God wants to, you know, change and it may not feel peaceful, but you know, when we deal with that conviction and we make that change that God has put, convicted us in our hearts, it does bring peace to our lives. Because when we are, one of the things I've heard before, you know, if we're not feeling peace in God's word, that means we're probably running from God and not being obedient to what he wants us to do. But when we're feeling peace about God's word and in his word, we are actually, you know, doing his will, doing, wearing, going where he wants us to go. And, you know, and I just want to make a quick reminder that, you know, I already talked about it. Paul in the prison cell had joy. But think about it. Paul in the prison cell also had peace. So despite that trial, despite all the things, he still had peace that was protecting him. And... You know, how do we lose, I would say, how do we lose that peace at times? And I think the first answer is definitely when we let the anxiety overpower. But I think another scripture that came to my mind is Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So you just think about the you know, joy and peace, which we've already mentioned in this passage. And this isn't like the only place they get tied together, but they get tied together in this passage and they're right beside each other in Galatians. And, you know, joy and peace get mentioned as fruit of the spirits because real joy and real peace is going to come through Jesus. It's not going to come through anything else. And the Holy Spirit, when it's in our life, it does bring these things into our life. But think about, and then, you know, the talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And so that means we're also, because, you know, with, with the Lord's Spirit, there's also the flesh. And so what makes us lose our peace is going to be when we crave to the flesh and we give in to the sin, naturally sinful flesh, our peace is that danger of losing that protection and losing that protection of our hearts and minds. And, you know, because as we, because Galatians in that passage, it talks about crucifying the flesh and, and these are different fruits that we can see if, you know, if we are crucifying our flesh. And if we start giving back into the flesh, you know, things like joy, things like peace will start to go away in our life. And, you know, and I think one of the other things is that we should check is when we grow distant from the word of God. Since I've already mentioned, it gets called the gospel of peace. We may want to ask ourselves, is my flesh ruling instead of my spirit, instead of the spirit, the Holy Spirit? Because I'm not in the word. And Philippians 
4, 8 tells us, the next, the next verse, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, right at the very end, you know, it tells us where our focus, where our mind, and where our thoughts should be. Amen. And, you know, this isn't the easiest one for me because, you know, this is even challenging for me. I'm sure everyone struggles with this verse to their fair share because I believe it is a challenging verse. And because it tells us exactly where our mind should be. And, you know, it's so easy for our minds to wander off and yeah. stop thinking about these things because yeah. it's not really a natural thing for the human mind to, uh, you know, do that. And, and, you know, you start looking at all these things, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, Meaning, what, where did I write that? Of like, so moral excellence would be virtue. Uh, any praise, think on these things. So if you just look at each one of those, you know, all these things point back to God. That's what they point to. You know, it may point to, you know, people living for the Lord, different things, such as good reports, of, you know, for, I don't, like, for example, kind of just makes me think of, you know, different missionaries that are working for the cause of the gospel and spreading the gospel in their areas, and they tell that good report to the churches in America, you know, that's a good report of God working and God doing different things. And, you know, Paul's telling us our mindset should be on each of these things. And... So it's, you know, so challenging because, you know, it makes us ask the question, what are we filling our mind with? Amen. Yeah. Are we filling our thoughts and are we thinking, because what we fill our mind with is what we're going to be thinking about. So what are we doing? Is it, you know, is it the TV? Is it all the shows on the TV? Is it the video games? Is it the music we listen to? What are we putting in that makes us think that? Is it, you know, the different things, you know, we watch on social medias, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, or TikTok, whatever it be, or Instagram, or Snapchat, any of those things, what, what are we filling our mind with? Is it, is it these things, or is it not? And, you know, I think more time than not, we're going to be saying no to this. Because even, even I can't say I do that all, I feel that perfectly. I'm going to say no sometimes. And, you know, it's, this verse doesn't tell us, you know, we can't ever, you know, play video games again. We can't ever watch TV. We can't ever listen to music again. But, you know, when it starts to prevent us from thinking of God, that's when we start to have a problem. And... The other thing is we got to be careful with these things. If it's not, you know, honoring to God, 
if it's something that we would, that God would look at and say it's dishonoring to him, that's something that we should be keeping our eyes and ears away from. So it doesn't get into our mind. Because, you know, as pastor said on Sunday, if we don't close those eye gates, those ear gates, it's going to get somewhere in somewhere else if we don't close them. And, and it's, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, we crave different fleshly things and that's why we go to those things. So we, you know, leave it. Cause I think this verse also is a flesh crucifying verse. It tells us, you know, think on these things and right. give up the fleshly lusts. Yeah. And, and it tells us right here. That also, I think the other thing is sure, it's I'm not there's nothing wrong with playing video games or anything like that, or watching TV or listening to music. But also, the other danger we can be in is overconsumption of it because that's when it does start to take our focus. Because if we spend so much time on it, it keeps us from being focused on Christ and it leads us astray, it leads us astray, it leads us off focus of God where we need to be. And you know, I think, you know, this does feel impossible for us. You know, we may think, oh, this is impossible. This is too difficult. But, you know, just if we look a little bit later down the chapter, you know, Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Amen. You know, it's possible through God to be able to do this verse. I believe that. You know, it may be very difficult, but it's possible. And, and then, you know, also I think the other thing is we still have, we still have a life that we are supposed to live, right? It doesn't mean, you know, we quit our job and we decide that, oh yeah, we're going to spend all day reading our Bible because that's how we're going to, you know, keep our focus. That's that's not what this verse says at all. You know, despite we can in our working, in our things, when we're working our job and things like that, we can still have focus on this verse. We can still be able to focus on the Lord, even in our job. We don't have to quit everything. Because I know a few people that, you know, basically try to use that as an excuse, but that's not how we're supposed to live either. And, you know, then we look at Philippians 4, 9, the, you know, the final verse I've had for tonight, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Amen. You know, the best part about this verse, the very end of it, you know, that's a promise of God's presence right there. And the God of peace shall be with you. He promises his presence and... You know, if we allow it, God does bring peace into our life and he can bring joy into our life also, just like the other things that I have mentioned. But before I get a little bit ahead of myself is, you know, sure, this verse might have been a little bit more personal attended for the church, for this church that he was writing to, because he did say, you know, what you've seen in me do, which which we haven't really, you know, personally seen Paul face to face. We just have what's been written down when he was writing to the church. But I still think it is good for application. You know, 
which ye have both learned and received and heard. And the thing is, the same thing they were preaching back then, after, when they went around during, you know, after Pentecost, they were preaching God's word. And, you know, they were preaching, you know, the Old Testament and the Gospels, a little bit of the Gospels too, and different things, preaching those testimonies of Christ. And, you know, they were preaching so many different things and also these letters which you know God inspired and put them in here so these things which we now have learned and you know we have received it and we have heard it and we are supposed to follow and do it and and those are the things that which we are supposed to do and uh, you know I guess in conclusion tonight, kind of just taking it back to where we've been, because I feel like this is just the way the scripture is kind of set. It's kind of like a jump all over the place kind of section. But, you know, maybe, maybe there is a heavy burden on us tonight that's keeping us from having peace in our lives and being able to rejoice Maybe, you know, it's time to give it to the Lord in prayer. You know, he tells us not to worry. Be careful for nothing. But we need to be giving it to him in prayer and supplication. And then after we give that burden to him, we need to remind ourselves to be thankful about it. And, uh...